Welcome to The Wrong Side Podcast, the podcast where we talk about controversial happenings in pop culture to make sure you never find yourself on the wrong side of history. Hello, Audrey. Happy Friday to you. Hello, hello. Can I just say that it feels so good to be recording with you again. You know, the at this point, only a handful of our friends actually know that we're even doing this podcast. So it's not like we have listeners wondering where we've been and all worried. But in case people do check out our Spotify and wonder why there is such a big gap after our first intro episode, I think it's important that we address that on this episode. Yes, and we definitely would be on the wrong side of history if we didn't talk about the policeman and murderer, Derek Chauvin, who killed George Floyd, which sparked the resurgence of the Black Lives Matter movement. Um, and Emily and I have been spending a lot of time consuming all the educational materials that have been presented to us over the last month, you know, on Instagram and Twitter and everything. Um, and we know that we are two white women, and even though we have a small platform, what we do with that platform matters. The entertainment industry and pop culture, while we can all probably collectively agree doesn't matter per se, still exists as a system. And that system certainly has exhibited racism. Um, and we can see that clear as day, even in the story that we plan to cover today about Drummageddon and Shane Dawson and Jeffree Star and everyone on YouTube. Um, and we've seen it come to light over the last month or so, especially with different entertainment systems like NASCAR and The Bachelor. So we feel responsible as people who are covering pop culture to be mindful and intentional about how we cover all of our stories. And we just want to openly make that commitment with our listeners. Um, that's not to say we won't mess up or that we're perfect and non-problematic and don't have any room to grow because that certainly couldn't be farther from the truth or the reality. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely been an important time for both of us to just really listen and learn and recording a podcast episode about pop culture um, was the last thing on our minds, to say the least. And moving forward, just echoing what Audrey said, we obviously hope to keep educating you all on all things pop culture, but we also want to continue this Black Lives Matter conversation and just keep it top of mind when we're choosing what content and stories we want to discuss. So thank you guys for being with us. We are always open to feedback and conversation on how we cover our stories and ensuring that we bring all of the players and their perspectives to the conversation. So with that, let's get started. Okay, so today, Audrey is very excited about this topic. We wanted to take a quick dive into all of the YouTube chaos that has unraveled in the past couple of weeks. And personally, I am no YouTube expert. I think I watched like maybe five Emma Chamberlain videos last year, and that is about it. But Audrey has really just been, you know, my tutor, my source, my educator of all things YouTube. So Audrey, the four sort of main characters we wanted to discuss today are Tati Westbrook, James Charles, Shane Dawson, and Jeffree Star, correct? Yes, that's correct. And actually, what I want to do is set the stage because for our listeners and even for you, it's probably just been a thing of like, 
I'm seeing these names trending on Twitter. I feel like there's some shit going down, but I have no context. And how would you? Because this is literally a two-year-long and counting story. And I've been (laughs) keeping up with it since the very beginning because I'm trash. So yes, we're going to start. I'm going to do the baseline. And in this episode, Emily's going to act sort of as the, because she is, um, she's going to be acting as the person who may have all the questions who's sort of out of the loop because I don't actually know what questions might come up as someone who's like just way too far deep into this realm. But yes, it starts with the four major players. And what I'm going to do is give kind of a rundown of the vibe of each person before all this shit hit the fan a year ago. Um, And then we'll kind of go like, through the timeline. I'm going to try to be as concise as possible. Like there's a lot of little details that come up, but like some shit you just have to ignore because it's just too much to bear. So we're going to get, give you the vibe because ultimately that's what like finding out what the wrong side is, is like, what's the vibe and whose vibe do I vibe with? (laughs) So there's a lot of vibing on this podcast, a lot of vibing. (laughs) So starting with the four players, so we'll name them right away. Those people are Tati Westbrook, James Charles, Shane Dawson, and Jeffree Star. Now, all four people are YouTubers, and they are they range from being on the platform for, for a long time. Actually, all of them have been on the platform for a very long time, other than James Charles, who was sort of like the breakout star of like 2017, 2018 was like the time he really started to pop off. So, like, one sentence about each, first of all, just before all of this shit happened, because I think it's important to, like, lay the foundation. So, Tati Westbrook was very unknown. She had millions of subscribers. I've subscribed to her personally because I love makeup for a very, very long time. She's a makeup... They're all makeup YouTubers except for Shane Dawson. She was often described as, like, the mother of the beauty community, um... She, very non-problematic, like, never was involved in any juicy tea because she just stayed in her lane. Like, she lives in a home in L.A. with her husband. She makes YouTube videos about, like, reviews about makeup. Like, it's never been about the community because she just is her own community up until this point. James Charles, he's, like, 20 now. At the time, all this shit hit the fan. He was 19 or 18. He popped the fuck off. Like, he was just another sort of Instagram beauty guru. And then he made a YouTube channel. He got connected with the right people. He became, I believe he was the first male cover girl ever. And then he just got a lot of press and he made a lot of connections. He did a lot of collaborations with other YouTuber beauty people. And people just loved him, his message, how young he was. Um, He is openly gay. So people love that like they had sort of someone to look up to in that realm. And he fucking surged. Like I he went from having like less than a million subscribers to I think right now he's at 20 million. So he popped off. Um, That being said, there was a vibe like before all this happened, like there was a vibe of kind of being above others. And he was definitely immature. And sometimes he just, he just didn't have it all put together yet because he's like a kid. And there were a lot of things that he would do that were just like, I don't know if I like that. He wasn't problematic per se, but he just gave off negative vibes. And he came off kind of, especially as he started to surge in this, at the speed that he did, he came off kind of like a narcissist. Um, and he came off really just like un 
uneducated about the world in front of him and he only really seemed to care about himself. So that was interesting. Um, any questions so far about those two? <laughs> Honestly, more of a comment at this point. I didn't realize how young he was. For some reason, I thought he was mid-20s. And I was just thinking back for a second there while you were talking about how many followers I had when I was like 17 or 18. And I think it was probably under 200. And so I'm just like trying to fathom. I'm like, okay, so 20 million subscribers. What could possibly go wrong? What could possibly go wrong? And their age is important too, because, and, and the way that this all blows out, because it ends up being, we'll get into it, but like Tati Westbrook is almost 40. And I'm just going to give a preview. They're all on the wrong side. And like, it should have been taken offline. Like, it's just crazy. But anyway, we'll get into it. Shane Dawson. He's been on the platform for a very long time. One of the very beginning huge YouTubers and his content has evolved over time. And I don't really know about his previous content because I didn't, I always knew about him, but I never watched him because it didn't interest me. And then in the last couple of years, he's done a lot of documentary style uh, videos that have received insane like views, coverage up in the 20 millions, 30 millions of views per video about controversial people like Jake Paul, Tana Manjo, and then most recently one about Jeffree Star. And they were just really well done. They were really well edited. Um, but then there's also, you know, recently things have come out um, that have actually already been out for a very long time and it's been a discussion for a long time. He um, did a lot of skit videos early on in his YouTube career. And a lot of those videos included him doing blackface and portraying um, like black women using sort of like kind of fucked up racial stereotypes, like the way they talk, the things that they care about. I've actually never seen the full videos, but it was clearly problematic. Um, and it's worth pointing out that he has, he has apologized um, and acknowledged that it was problematic several times. Um, doesn't make it okay. Doesn't mean I'm saying it's okay. Doesn't mean I'm accepting the apology because it's not my apology to accept. But um, just to give the full picture, there's also been a lot of controversy coming out recently, like recently in the last two weeks, of comments he's made sort of in the realm of pedophilia. Um, he made a comment, or he, there was a video of him sort of fake jerking off to a, a picture of Willow Smith as a child. And in the past, his, his comments has always been like, I'm very dark humor, like it was so fucked, but like it wasn't what I intended and like I completely understand how it comes off. So he's done his best to like mitigate, um, but it leaves a bad taste in your mouth, especially thinking of how successful he is and how much, how many dollars he's like profited off of the, the YouTube community as a whole. And then to think that he's put those messages out into the world is just kind of like gross, you know, in a way. And it's just hard to, hard to reckon with, but we'll get to it. Last but not least, Jeffree Star, huge YouTuber. Um, he is extremely rich. He's known to flaunt his wealth. Um, he has a cosmetics brand called Jeffree Star Cosmetics. He is very well known as being extremely controversial, extremely problematic. I just, I don't even know where to begin. Like there, he's had, um, there's been a lot of racism in his past that has been pointed out, that's been speculated. There's been issues with other YouTubers and just this general feeling of like, why are you like constantly like attacking all these people online? Like, it's just the weirdest thing. And he seems to be one of those people that like, no matter how psychotic he gets, 
he is always forgiven or people are just like, oh, Jeffree Star is crazy. Like, but I still think he's super funny. So I watch him and like, we're just getting to like crux in YouTube where it's like, we can't just, especially with the Black Lives Matter movement. And like, there's a lot of doxing going on about through people's past and like the things that they've been involved with or said in the past where it's like, what's the line? And then this kind of goes into the cancel culture thing where it's like, do we forgive them? Or are they canceled? Or do people have the ability to grow? And that's that's one conversation. But like Jeffrey's vibe has never changed. Like he's always been in the weeds, getting intense drama, stirring up the pot because it gets him popularity and it gets people interested in him. It gets people looking up his products, and he ends up richer at the end on the other side of it. So yeah, he's like a whole thing too. But okay. okay. Yeah. So, wow. Okay, that was, like, <laughs> if you guys, if the listeners don't think of you as an absolute YouTube expert at this point, I don't know what will convince them. Um, we are truly dealing with a woman who is very specialized in her field. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a quick challenge for you, like, a very, very quick challenge for you. Could you summarize all four of them with, like, a one set, like, each of them gets one sentence. Like, if you had to just quickly summarize all four of them, like, let's hear it. Let's hear what you got. Like, one to two, two, I'll give you two sentences max, because I'm feeling generous, but that's it. Okay, and I'm going to summarize them in the way that I feel about them now, because my feelings have changed over time, because I, at one point, I was subscribed to all four of these people, and waiting for their content to come out, and you liked and subscribed. I liked and subscribed, yes. Um, and it has changed. I mean, it's also changed just because it, with age and like I have a job now, so like I have to like do other things. <laughs> but there was a summer, two or three summers ago, where I would literally have post notifications on because it just they were and they were all four of them were entertaining, and you know obviously they were doing. There's a reason that they had the viewership that they did was because they were engaging in some way, like just super interesting. Like Jeffree Star is one of the most interesting people. I still think that, that doesn't mean I, I agree with how he acts now. So anyway, Tati Westbrook, one sentence, um, was once the mother and kind of angel of the beauty community. Um, now is having quite the downfall and just, I don't think is, is mentally strong enough to withstand the pressure that the beauty community has become. But I think to her core, she is a good person. But I do think she's made some mistakes, which we will. And um, that's three sentences and we are out of time. Okay, sorry. <laughs> James Charles, James Charles, personally don't like him, but I think he is capable of growth. And I think there's a lot about him that's probably misunderstood. Shane Dawson, um, at a certain point, you know, as a 30-year-old man, I don't think you can blame your actions on trauma or anxiety. You have to take it, you have to take accountability. And I'm not happy with what I'm seeing on the Shane Dawson realm of things. Um, and then Jeffree Star, I mean, he's always been problematic. He's still problematic. He's never going to stop being problematic. And I don't think people should be giving him money because he's not doing good for the world. <laughs> like that's, that's all there is to it. 
So there's my one sentences and we're going to get into it. And maybe you can give me your vibe at the end of this conversation, Emily. Uh, Yes. What you're thinking. But I also, because I definitely have my opinions, but I'll do my best to like be as non-biased as I can. But we have a lot to cover. So should we get into it? Yeah. And I was, I was trying to remember because again, I'm not a YouTube expert whatsoever, but I do remember there being the big sugar bear hair controversy. And is that kind of the tipping point of what led into this or am I completely off on that? You are exactly on point actually. And that was the very first instance. I mean, actually it dated back to before this, but I'm going to start on that point. So let's dive into it. And actually Emily, like, I don't know what you Googled to find this, but Emily found this like extremely long PowerPoint presentation called Dramageddon something something because that's what people refer to this as and it has a full recap of like in order of the things that went down up until this point and I'm going to be referencing it strictly out of like timeline because it breaks down everything the way that they things happened over time I might skip over some things because like I want to just keep to the core of the of the issue but um With that being said, yeah, it starts with the sugar bear hair controversy. So Tati has a brand called Halo Beauty. One of her products is a hair enriching vitamin and it's called Halo Beauty or Halo Vitamins. Tati and James were considered best friends. Tati uh, looked at James like she was kind of his mentor. Um, James like did her wedding makeup. They were really close. James would have described her as a mother figure. And one day in April 2019, (laughs) I have in my notes, James posted an ad on his Instagram story for Sugar Bear Hair, which would have been a direct competitor for Tati. And immediately we see Tati, so we see the Sugar Bear Hair ad, then we see Tati on her Instagram story. She's crying and she's so emotional and she's like, James, or she didn't even mention James, she didn't say the issue. She just said, I am so sick of this community. I remember specifically, she goes, that's Hollywood, baby. Like, she's, I am- she's angry. And she has a right to be angry because she's like, why the F is James promoting my competitor when Tati has been nothing but, you know, supportive of James's, you know, career endeavors. He launched a makeup palette. She did a full review on it. Like those things, when you have an influence on YouTube, help make sales and she's not getting paid to do that other than like her own sponsorships and ads so that was a huge deal so why do i feel like why do i feel like that could be our tagline for this entire podcast that's hollywood baby (laughs) well it's like not even hollywood so i'm like stop so that's youtube baby yeah so then we get into right away so a few days later a video pops up on youtube from tati's youtube channel called by sister It's 40 minutes long, and it basically is her describing that she has reached her breaking point with James Charles, and she says, she didn't say that James was a predator, but she insinuated it. She mentioned a time that she was at dinner with James Charles, and James was hitting on the waiter, and Tati said, James, he's straight, and James says, doesn't matter, I'm a celebrity. And Tati's like, that's so disgusting. Like, that's so not okay. You can't, like, take advantage of your fame to, like, prey on people, blah, blah, blah. Other things came out. I believe she mentioned the 
hair, the gummy vitamins and stuff, and how she was hurt by that. And it was just kind of crazy when it came out because Tati has never talked about anybody. Like, she definitely had relationships with other YouTubers, but like, never got herself publicly involved. She seemed like the kind of person where if there was beef, like, you take it offline. So it was really confusing at the time why she would make a video. Like, what was the reason for this? And shit fucking hit the fan because this video had 50 million views or more. The day that she posted it, I think it got to 10 million views. It was freaking crazy. Everybody you know what her average views were before this video hit? Like, just, yes. a com- just for comparison? I do, I do. She was getting around anywhere from like 500,000 views to like 1.5, depending on like what the content was. What? Yeah, it popped the off. Like, it was insane. And I was shook. And everybody was like eating it up because they were like, holy shit, this is insane. Everybody loves this tea. This was last summer. We were bored. Like, and Tati coming out. Like, that was crazy to see. Okay. That happens. Okay. Then Jeffree Star, who up until this point, we all kind of assumed like everybody was chill for the most part. Like, Jeffrey always has beef with people. But like, at this point, like, a couple months before, Jeffrey and James had done collab videos. Like, they seemed to be friends. So this was crazy left field. Jeffrey tweets, there is a reason that Nathan banned James Charles from ever coming to our home again. Nathan being Jeffrey's um, partner at the time. Uh, There's a reason why I haven't seen him since Tati's birthday in February. He is a danger to society. Everything Tati said is 100% true. Then, James's brother tweets, why does everyone act so tough over the internet? And Jeffree Star retweets, why is your brother a predator? Why do you really move back to NYC? Exactly. Shut the fuck up. That was crazy. Because then everybody's like, what the hell? Like, and there was already some speculation about James. He had had some other, like, YouTube friendships that seemed to just end. And everybody was like, what is going on? Like, why did that friendship end? And so basically all this stuff was stirring up to make James seem like a predator and basically like a horrible person. The day that Tati's video came out, he lost 3 million subscribers. That million. I can't even wrap my head around that. So that was insane. So then other shit comes out. I'm like, try not to get too in the weeds. But then James comes out and he has a video and he has the receipts. Like he, uh, has like texts from him and the waiter because he ended up having like a thing with the waiter and he was like basically like trying to prove himself innocent and explain like I know that I have like because he would make jokes all the time on his channel about how he loves straight boys or whatever and I think he came I'm pretty sure I'm going off of memory because this was a year ago but I think he basically was like basically trying to prove his innocence but also he acknowledged like I know that like I have like some issues that I need to work through and that I'm like not as mature as I need to be or whatever. And he like apologized to Tati for uh, like doing the sugar bear hair thing. And he explained why he took the sugar bear hair ad because he had like a reason for that, which is why this all popped off. So it was crazy. So, okay. After this, there was a number of opinions. There was, I don't believe James. I don't believe his excuses and I think he's still a predator. 
there was how dare Tati come after a 19 year old boy who is still like learning about life and put him under the microscope in such a way that like he got destroyed and like it became a thing where people were like concerned about his concern for his life because he made some insinuations in his apology video that he wasn't okay and like that's that's fair because he got absolutely destroyed he lost three million views or subscribers people were like tweeting him left and right people were in his dms like all this stuff so and then there was jeffrey who was like what the hell like would jeffrey make a claim like that if he didn't have like hard evidence you know what i mean so it was crazy that he made the claim like your brother is a predator and people were like damn like he wouldn't say that if he meant it but he also had no evidence okay so quick question here just based off that video when you watched james charles video would you say that he successfully dug himself out of the hole or do you think he was still really deep in the hole like where was he i don't know if i phrased that question correctly. No, no, no. i got you i got you um i felt like for me personally as somebody who watched all of them and like had a good vibe or thought that i had a good feeling about who they are each were i was like a little bit reluctant about the whole james thing because i agreed with his just his general vibe of like not really caring about anyone else and like I don't know, he just always would, he just seemed so narcissistic and self-centered. And Tati always seemed like she was, cared so much about the greater good. So it was like, personally, I was like leaning towards Tati in the moment. And I also kind of just felt like this seems like a bunch of shit that like could have happened not on the internet for everybody's sake, especially if there's no like proof about all of these different claims that were being made, like it seemed super inappropriate. Um, by the time James's video came out, I was just like, I'm kind of tired of all of this. And what ended up happening for me was I just kind of stopped watching everybody after this. Like, and I'm sure that a lot of people did the same because it was just like, I don't, nobody's on here. Like, it was really interesting at the time, but I was like, this just, the way this was handled was just like confusing and stupid. So yeah, I don't know if that answers your question. Yes, it does. Cool. So, all right. So then after that... Jeffrey came out with like a video that was like, oh, I was in a dark place when I tweeted those things about James and I'm ashamed of them. But he also didn't deny anything that he said. He was just was like, I don't want to be involved in this anymore. So wait, I have another question. I'm yeah. so sorry. No. Do you think, even though I think I know the answer to this, do you think Jeffrey needed to get involved? Do you think his validation of like yes this is an issue do you think that was like do you think that was necessary I definitely I mean at the time I was like oh shit like the tea is popping like I was like again I had that same feeling I was like he wouldn't I don't feel like anyone would say this shit if they if it was baseless but it was also just crazy to see but it definitely all of it shouldn't have been online like it was just so stupid that they were bringing their audience involved if Tati's mad at James, like, just don't, just disconnect with him and, like, take it offline because it's just, but I also understand, like, she wants to be really open with her subscribers and a lot of YouTubers take that approach where, like, they're like, you guys are my family and, like, you deserve to know what's going on. So, yeah, I don't know, but it's crazy because, like, what I felt at the time, like, is different now than because of the things that have come out recently, so we'll get to that. Yeah. Too. So, here's what ends up happening, okay? So, that all happens from my memory 
like Jeffrey came out with his video and then everybody was just like, all right, it's over. Like whatever happens, happens. Like everyone just needs to rebuild. Like it was a huge deal. Everyone was just like, let's just go do our own shit. So for the last year since then, because that was April 2019, now it's June 2020, Tati just continued making, like they all took a break and then they just started making regular content again, okay? Then in October of 2019, Jeffrey and Shane Dawson announced that they're doing a collaboration for a makeup palette called the Conspiracy Palette and Shane Dawson has no makeup industry experience so the whole concept was like, I'm going to walk you through the ins and outs of creating a palette and like the process. And he was going to document that process with Jeffree Star, who was, who has his own makeup brand. So he was able to be a partner for this project. And um, it was a huge effing deal again, because Jeffrey and Shane are both like really, really prominent on the platform. Everyone was super excited. Like they both have a lot of stands. So it was something that everybody was looking forward to. Now, when the first trailer comes out for this project, because it was going to be a documentary of like six or seven parts or whatever, so they were teasing it with trailers. In the trailer, they happened to include that they were recording, like they were filming during the time that everything popped off with Tati. So they were like actively documenting Jeffrey's part in it. Shane had some like involvement with Tati. I don't know, this whole, all this shit. Everybody was popping off because they were like, they're going to tell us exactly what happened finally. Like we've been waiting for this. Well, nothing really ends up happening. They don't address it. And Shane just kind of says like, yeah, I know. I'm sorry. I put it in the trailer, but like I was asked not to like resurge this shit because like everybody's just like buried it or whatever. So fast forward now to present day. And recently, you know, with everything coming out, both Jeffrey and Shane um, have been under fire about past tweets, um, about like different partnerships. There was a couple beauty people that came out that said that had some receipts about Jeffrey Star. So then what came from that, when Shane and Jeffrey's palette came out, Shane was like getting a lot of backlash because people were like, this is just a money grab. Like you're making a palette. You're not even a beauty YouTuber. You are just trying to capitalize on the popularity of the beauty community and like makeup palettes because those are really huge. Like people collect them because they're, they have like a sentimental value. Like they give you a feeling versus just like a, just stuff you put on your face. And people were like, dude, screw you. Like you said you were going to become a beauty YouTuber. Shane never touched the palette. He never made a video about the palette. All during his documentary, he was like, I'm going to become, you know, I'm going to talk about everything and I'm going to become like the world's best beauty guru. So you're saying that this is kind of like Sophia with Call Her Daddy. I mean, not, I mean, maybe a little bit more just like Shane made a promise. And, and that was one of people's biggest criticisms with Shane was like, you're making a beauty palette for why? Like, what is your, what is the reason other than that you're trying to profit off of your subscribers? You know what I mean? So like in quoting TikTok here, like you did this for you did what? This for what? Exactly. What was the reason? So this happened very recently. So Shane puts out a long ass tweet. I can't even read it because it's so long, but basically the spark notes are he condemned the entire beauty community. He said they're all manipulative, two-faced, bloodthirsty bitches, 
and said that makeup comes second to drama. He also was like, I know that because Je- he and Jeffrey are best friends after this whole documentary. He's like, I know that Jeffrey falls into those categories, but he's acknowledged it and he's family to me. Cool. Like you're going to shit on everybody in the community, but Jeffrey gets a free pass because he's nice to you. Well, guess what? Everyone else would probably be nice to you too. So it's just really kind of fucked to say. He also confirmed that he knew that the bi sister video was going to happen before it did, but he didn't feel remorse for it because James was a quote, young, egocentric, power-hungry guru who needed to be served a slice of humble pie the, the, the size of the fucking Empire State Building, end quote. Whoa! Okay, that screams jealousy to me. T, that you said that, because it's 100%, I think, true. Um, he also agreed that Jeffrey was probably excited to see a competitor fall, and quote, why? He's Jeffrey fucking star. What do you expect? I guess I missed the part where he got baptized and devoted his life to Christ, end quote. He retained that Jeffrey star was flawed, but he would always be family to him and announced that he was leaving the beauty world. Um, and this sparked a lot of outrage because people were like, what the actual hell? Like, what are you talking about? You weren't even in the beauty world. Like you weaseled your way in here to make a quick buck. He probably made several million And he's like, great, got my coin, I'm out. And like, that was really disappointing because Shane has always positioned himself as like, I'm just like you, I totally understand my audience and like, I'm here for you and I have anxiety and like, I feel that with you and all this stuff. So it was just super fucked and and it starts to feel more and more like this character that Shane is, is just like a facade. You know what I mean? Like he lives in a million dollar mansion in LA, but he's like, acting like he's one of us. And it's just like, you can't do that anymore. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I feel like, again, even though I don't know anything about this YouTube world or this beauty world, there are so many holes in that reasoning for why he's leaving. Like, oh, you know, the industry is just messed up, but I still love Jeffrey. It's like, no, if the industry is messed up, then just say that. Like, you, you completely invalidate the entire argument when you say, but Jeffrey, he's family. He's amazing. And he's Jeffrey's star, but also... James Charles, like, needs to be served a slice of humble pie. Like, there's so many conflicting arguments in there that that argument does not even make any sense, which is why I can see why it sparked outrage. Mm-hmm. And one could argue that Jeffree Star is the toxicity in the beauty community. It's rare that there's, like, huge tea that doesn't involve Jeffree Star. Like, it happens. Yeah. Um, and I don't know why, like, what caused the beauty community specifically to be very, like, catty. I think it's just like a lot of shitty people that probably rose to fame because like Jeffrey, they're interesting, they're outlandish, they are bigger, like bigger than life, and that is interesting to watch. But then when it becomes all of these people, then it's like shit, like there are young people watching this and being truly influenced by their behavior. So then everybody's backtracking like, holy shit, we gotta like rein this in because they are speaking to like the next generation and they're not doing a very good job, you know? Yeah. And I find it crazy because when I just realized that the comment that you just made, I just sort of realized that the, their viewers are not our age. Or I mean, I'm sure they are, some are our age, but I just, it just kind of clicked for me. Like, oh my God, these viewers are a lot younger than us. And it really is sort of the next generation. And I didn't even think about that because when I think of YouTube, I'm like, oh, it's, it's our like fellow millennials that are just watching, you know, all these like dumb videos, but I, it totally makes sense that their viewers would be Gen Zers. 
Yeah. So that was, that was a one like big factor where I take a lot of issue, but okay, we're almost done recapping. <laughs> this is where it gets fucking crazy because this is where it gets brought into 2020 because Shane tweeted those things like a few weeks ago that everyone's just like, hey, fuck you, Shane. Like Shane was already being canceled because of his past and because of like his uh, blackface and his jokes about pedophilia, like his name was trending already on Twitter for days and days before shit hit the fan with the beauty community because of these things in the past. And the the whole country is like, all right, it's time to like figure out who we, who we support and who we stand for. Then on June 30th, which what day is it? That was like four, three or four days ago. Tati posts a video. Now let me say this. So Tati was for the last year posting regular content, just kind of ignoring uh, what had happened in the past, just living her best life, trying to move on from the negativity and just distance herself from all the shit in the beauty community. For a few months or weeks, maybe, she was not posting. She had been signed off for a while, which was weird. And she was tweeting like these cryptic ass tweets that were like montages of like different Pinterest inspirational quotes and like home videos uh, from her own life and music that seemed to be symbolic to whatever she was trying to say. Really fucking weird. I remember seeing these and people being like, is Tati okay? Like, what's going on here? Because nobody would have, we were like, this could have to do with Dramageddon, but it was like so long ago. Tati has been really open about her struggle with infertility so people were thinking maybe something happened um, and she's just sort of alluding to that she's going to talk about it when she's ready, but like she, and maybe something good or bad, you know, like maybe she's pregnant or maybe she's ha been having continuous struggles with fertility and maybe she like just can't deal with like YouTube right now on top of that, which would have been totally understandable too. But people are like, it's subtweets and it's like these cryptic ass tweets and people are like, what? is going on like we're worried about you because it was just so kind of weird like it was just it was like middle school vibes you know what I mean and people were just like dude if you need to be off just be off stop tweeting cryptic shit because it's just like really yeah weird. like don't even yeah yeah so then on the 3rd of 30th of June she comes out with a video <laughs> it's another 40 40 minute long video and it's called Breaking My Silence. And essentially, she provides a lot of context to Dramageddon 1.0 in 2019 that had never been shared before. And this video was really weird because she shared a lot of information while sharing no receipts. And she did so under the guise of my lawyers have advised me that this is all I can say, but I still wanted to be um, open with you as my fans. People are like, what the fucking shit is going on? So here are some, um, I have some, some bullets here set aside. So I'm going to go through each. So she opened up to Shane about, she, she was explained in her video that she opened up to Shane about very personal stuff, including her sexual assault story, and he used that against her. They both said that James was spiraling down a dangerous path and going after minors. She worked on by sister um, after months of having, having stuff been told to her by Jeffree Star, and Shane even offered to edit and make the thumbnail video for her, 
but after posting the video, when no victims came forward, she realized that she had been tricked. So basically, what? yes. So basically she was insinuating in this video that Jeffrey and Shane sort of orchestrated this situation where they said to Tati, you know, James's behavior is un unforgivable. We have all these victims who are ready to come forward, but, um, you know, someone needs to take the first step. So in a way, by, by the way Tati was speaking, she was sort of saying like, or she was sort of of the, um, in this video, she was saying like, if I come forward with what I know and my frustrations, it will empower other victims to come forward. So they were totally like the puppet masters and they were just... Well, I mean, that's, that's what she's saying. Again, she brought no receipts. She brought no texts. She brought nothing. And I'm not saying she's right or wrong. I'm just saying it's really hard for the public to like, just be like, at a certain point, it's like, okay, did she just feel this way? And they felt that way. And some shit happened in the middle. And, you know, just he said, he said, she said, are neither of them right in this situation? You know what I mean? But yes, that's what she's insinuating, like that they were sort of puppeteering this whole situation out of jealousy um, of James's rocket to success that had happened in the years prior up until that point. Yeah. So after the Bi Sister video came out, the one that was a year ago, she never heard from Shane and Jeffrey after that, allegedly, from her, this is what she said in her video. So she's like, what the hell, dude? Like, I just put my entire career on the line to do what I thought was right because you made me believe, you gaslit me into believing that there were other victims, quote unquote victims, and no one came forward. I look like an asshole. Was all this for nothing? She reveals that she and James, because her and James obviously had a separation after uh, her video last year, because she basically came for him like fucking crazy, right? She revealed that she and James have reconciled. They met um, in December of 2019, compared notes, and realized how much Shane and Jeffrey had been manipulating them both. Whoa. So, and then th these notes, it's important to know two things. A- she wasn't taking back what she said in her bi sister video. B, she had heard the voicemail. This is what convinced her in the first place. The voicemail being something from a, an alleged victim where Jeffrey was like, listen to the pain in his voice. And she being a sexual assault victim herself felt like, shit, I have to do something about this. See, she was reading all of this from a document that her legal team had reviewed. So she, on this video that she put out recently, she was reading off of an iPad, like she had a script because she didn't want to go off script because her legal team advised her not to. She came out and said, she said, look, Jeffree Star has an entire catalog of blackmail, um, which he confirmed years ago and has been holding many people hostage. She warns the viewers that he's going to react from this video that she's putting out right now and very likely going to release a lot of the dirt he has on them. And she says, we need to be prepared to forgive these people. She's like, I can't watch all these people go down because Jeffree Star was holding them hostage or whatever. And do you have any idea of who those people might be? No clue. I mean, I'm guessing, you know, other big YouTubers, I guess. I just, I have no idea. If it's true that Jeffrey has blackmail, Tati saying that there's blackmail 
is going to negate Jeffrey, like basically proving her right. You know what I mean? Like she was, she was reading him to filth totally. and he's not going to let her win, you know, cause he's, he's a savage. Like he will go fucking off. So a couple important things from this. Cause I basically covered the gist from that video. What happens next? Jeffrey has not said a word. Shane went live on Instagram uh, while he was watching video Tati's video. And there's a moment where Tati's saying, as a victim of sexual assault myself, da-da-da-da-da-da-da. Uh, and she's crying. And as she says, like Shane's on Instagram live, as she says, as a victim of sexual assault, Shane's like, oh my, oh my God, he rolls his eyes. He's like, are you kidding me? You're so manipulative after she says that. What? And she goes, she's fake crying. She's fake crying. And he's pointing at his TV and he's literally having like a mental breakdown. Like it's so sad to watch. And it's so fucked what he said, like calling her manipulative after like bringing up her sexual assault. Also, why would you watch that on Instagram live? And a follow-up question to that is, do you think he was just obviously doing that for the engagement and the following? Or do you think he thought it was going to be something completely different and then it backfired? Um, or both? Where he was at, I believe, was like 20 minutes into the video. So it was very clear what the video was like as he went live. I don't know why he went live. I think it was the stupidest thing he could have ever done. It was incredibly impulsive and idiotic. He's literally 30 years old. I, and it brings me back to like, why are we putting this on the internet? Like, and part of me is like, Tati, why is this video on the internet? Like, I'm just really confused. Cause like, there was no reason for her. Like, I just couldn't see the reasoning in putting this video out when she was first for many months before her silence was just going on about her life. And she just went back into her own bubble of like not being involved with these problematic people so it's like, why? And like, what, if you have lawyers, what, who's getting sued? You know what I mean? And I, and I, and it's so confusing. And so basically she was like, this is not the end. Like, this is just the beginning. And she was kind of putting out a warning, like shit's about to hit the fan, kind of like getting ahead of it almost as though like she knew things are about to come out maybe. And she needed to get her stance known before that. I don't know. And it's, like, crazy it's, that Shane was, like, oh, she's a liar, she's manipulative, because up until this point, like, we thought that they were friends, they seemed to be close. Like, Shane and Tati never really intersected. Like, Tati only had beef with James. And back at that time, it was sort of, like, Tati, Jeffrey, Tati and Jeffrey versus James, and Shane was sort of in the background filming his documentary, so he was involved on that side. So tell me what questions you have, because I know that's a lot. Okay, I more so have a comment as of right now. I think it's super interesting how problematic Instagram lives are. And for obvious reason, it's like, okay, so you're going to use your platform of hundreds of thousands of people or millions of people, and you're just going to go completely live. What could possibly go wrong? I mean, you know, we had Hannah Brown, now yeah. we have Shane Dawson, and it just... I don't know if I had that big of a platform. I mean, I would hope that I would just not be a problematic person and not say anything like the stuff that they're saying, but it is a terrifying, I don't know. It's just, it's a terrifying platform to have because 
I mean, listen, I have worked on a live news show and it's, it's so scary what can go wrong because if something goes wrong, guess what? Everybody's going to see it and there's no coming back from that. So yeah, I just find it super interesting that he wasn't doing Instagram stories instead or just like recording a video for a future YouTube video. It's like, why did he choose Instagram live? Because there's no coming back from that. Yeah, it was completely idiotic because honestly, it made him look so guilty. Like without that, people just kind of, I think would have really been like, Tati, what the hell is going on? Like, why is this a thing? But because he did that, it was kind of like, okay, if Tati was making like baseless claims, wouldn't you be sitting there on Instagram live just kind of like, Jesus, like what? I don't even know what's going on. Like, this is crazy. But instead, Shane's like, you're manipulative. You're a liar. You're crazy. And it's like, okay, well, you're making yourself look a little bit suspicious. A little um, bit sus. Oh my God. And it made him look so bad. So then Ryland tweeted um, shortly after. He said, Tati Wisberg, a masterclass in manipulation. The only way to save her reputation was to side with the person she tried to ruin. Make no mistake, this 40-year-old woman chose to post a video on her own accord. She riled up Shane before doing so to have one of the biggest creators backing her and the chances all backfired. Shane very well would have posted a video exposing James if he had felt so inclined. No receipts because she didn't want to expose the countless times she told Shane that she was a big girl doing this only for herself. Hope you enjoy those sold-out vitamins that made you millions in minutes from Shane's support YouTube face liar. Whoa. Yeah. Okay. Hit her with the one-two punch at the end there. Truly. That was the only comments from the four people involved. James tweeted, I believe, a couple days ago, like, no video coming out today, like, taking time for myself. But that was the only recognition um, that James showed. Jeffrey hasn't said anything. Shane hasn't said anything since his Instagram live. Hopefully he hired a um, PR professional to advise him against <laughs> Instagram lives or other idiotic choices to make in the PR world in the future. So with that, do you have any clarifying questions? Like, do you feel like you understand like in general what had happened over the last year? Oh, this, this entire thing has been a true history lesson. I feel like I am up to speed. I feel like I could speak to this now. I feel like I need to go like tell my parents and my family about this. Um, wow. You, you know your stuff, Audrey, and I appreciate that. I, I have a question. When these three other players come back to YouTube and eventually post their next video, do you think it's going to be another apology video? And then they're going to try to slowly get back to their regularly scheduled programming or do you think it'll be sort of like what Jenna Marbles just did, where they're kind of like, listen, I know I'm being canceled. I know I've made mistakes and I'm going to see myself out for the time being. Dude, that's a great question. Well, something interesting that I forgot to mention was that Shane actually posted a video a few days after Jenna posted her video, um, which had nothing to do with this because uh, Tati's video had not come out yet. I think the title of the video was like taking accountability and he basically was addressing all of his problematic, um, and uh, mostly I believe, I didn't even really watch more than a, the first 10 minutes because I was like, I'm so fucking, I just can't. Um, but it started by saying like, you know, I, I just, I was inspired by Jenna's video and I need to take some accountability for what I've done in the past. And he kind of explained that he had 
a really traumatic childhood and um, used dark humor as a way to cope. And, you know, he said, that's not an excuse. I just want to provide some context. And, you know, it's okay if you don't accept my apology um, because I understand because I'm, you know, it was just another apology. And I, I'm sure, actually, I'm not sure, but I, I hope that it was like out of the kindness of, of his own heart. Um, it's really hard to imagine that somebody who dressed in blackface, you know, understand, like even later on in their life, understands like the weight of that. It's just really tough because like he made the excuse like, oh, that was years ago when like I didn't know that it was bad, but it's like I've always known that blackface was bad. So like yeah, I don't think, know. Like I grew up in a farm town in eastern Washington and even I knew that blackface was always bad. <sighs> it just gets to the point where it's like there's so many people in life who didn't have those problems. The act of putting on blackface and perpetuating negative stereotypes about black people is really, I would imagine, difficult or impossible to forgive and really hurtful. Somebody who's caused that much hurt, do they deserve, you know, like, and this is where it gets into the cancel culture and stuff, which would be a really interesting conversation to have too. Um, I don't know, like you can't, I can't make the decision for anyone else, but it's just gotten to the point where it's like, I don't, I don't trust you. But so, yeah, so that's kind of how it felt was just like, I'm tired of this shit. And so if it came, if more stuff came out, I'm going to watch because it is like an escape from the dark hole that we were living in, uh, like in 2020. And it's something else to talk about. And it's something that we can continue to rehab on the podcast. But in terms of like my personal support or like care and love for these people, it's just like, there are other YouTubers that I follow now that I have not, that just are amazing. And like, that are, aren't contributing to this just like negativity in the air. Um, Jeffrey, who the fuck knows how he's going to come back. Tati, who knows? Like, it seems like she was kind of saying like, there's going to be, you know, a reckoning. There's going to be some shit hitting the fan. And I just feel like anybody who would have played the part in that, in that like thing that she warned us about is going to not engage because they don't want to prove, prove her right. So I don't know, because like, they're going to have to continue eventually if they want to like maintain their livelihood or whatever. So something's going to happen eventually. And maybe that something is nothing, but it'll be crazy to see. You know what I find interesting is that as you were going through this whole timeline, you know, you start mentioning, oh, Shane's videos start, old videos start coming out, or, oh, their old tweets start being exposed, and just all this old material. And I can't help but wonder, why did it take this long for people to start digging that up and asking these questions and saying, hey, are you going to address this? Are you going to offer any explanation? And maybe it had come up in the past, and this was just a resurgence. I don't know. But... I just can't help but wonder, okay, if we know that these people have these pasts, why have we been supporting them for so long without yep. addressing issues? That is, you answered your question because it has come up at least for Shane and it's come up for Jeffrey a lot, um, way long before this. I remember there was a 
controversy with a specific YouTuber named Jackie Ina, who is a black woman, and she um, is amazing. I love I love her videos. Um, and something came out where Jeffrey allegedly referred to her as a gorilla, and she came out and was like, "I've never supported this man. You know, I've told you all like that this." Cause she's been very vocal about like not supporting him because he's had like history historical um racism like in his life and so she kind of was just been like i'm done talking about this like you if you support jeffree star you support a racist like that's all there is to it and you don't support me like that's kind of how it is and so it got to this point where jeffree reached this level of like oh, he's always going to be, you know, crazy. But again, it goes back to what I was saying at the beginning of the episode. He's so interesting and he's so funny and he's so different. Um, and it's, uh, and there's an, an element of representation that he uh, represents being sort of, he, he doesn't identify um, for, as like a, any gender. He, I don't believe he identifies as transgender He's made it known, he's publicly said that it's fine, you can call him whatever, like you can call him a he, you can call him a she, you can call him a they, whatever. Like he's like, I'm very much non-conforming in that way. And um, I think for a lot of people to see someone who is like gender non-conforming uh, rise to success has been something that is fascinating. And not only that, but he's extremely rich. He's way richer than other um, makeup brand owners like, and he came from nothing, like, he was not born into wealth, he created his wealth, so that was another, like, redemption story, um, so it, he just became this, like, untouchable, quote-unquote, untouchable being, and it was, like, a known thing that he has tendencies, oh, he's just, you know, he's just crazy, he's just against the grain, um, and then there are other people who couldn't stand for it anymore. And I honestly, like, and I'll, like, I'll acknowledge that I think there was a lot of me that was like, I don't know, like, I don't have the, I haven't seen any proof, you know, kind of just denying it. Um, because I felt the same way. I was really like enamored by the, my fascination with him and his success and his makeup line. I even, I even purchased some of his makeup like a while ago. And I've been like, oh, shit, like, I'm fucking a part of the problem. But that is where I think a lot of people are reaching, like, the point now where it's like, dude, I'm fucking tired of this shit. Like, there are YouTubers out here who are so non-problematic. Like, everybody could can improve. But, like, putting your shit on blast all the time, 24-7, it's just exhausting. And it's contributing to cancel culture. And it feels like all the YouTubers are like, cancel culture is bad. And so it's like, okay, well then why are you taking this, why take this offline? Like, it's crazy. Yeah, that makes, sorry, Ooh. I ranted for a little bit. I'm sorry. My throat is literally dry because I just am like, I, I have to say. I was thinking that I was, because every time I talk for more than seven minutes, my throat just starts to become <laughs> a literal desert. And so that's why I had to get my water. And I'm like, how is Audrey doing that? She is powering through. So, sort of in conclusion, I know you already answered this question a little bit, but is there one particular party that is on the wrong side of history here, 
or are all parties guilty? Where do you stand on that? I am at the point where I'm just like, you're all on the wrong side of history. Because ultimately, none of them really have used their platform in a way that I would have liked to seen to have seen from someone who has a platform. And that could be said about a lot of people. Like I'm, I'm just like, I don't give a rat's ass. And that's how everybody feels like in the comments of Tati's video, it was like, Hey, this is tea, but like, this is so stupid. Or there are people like, and yet like the, like arrest the cops who killed Breonna Taylor. Like, why are we fucking talking about this? Like, why are we not talking about anything else? And there's part of me that's like, Honestly, I'm just so glad to be like thinking about something that truly does not matter. Just for an hour, like watching this video and being like, God, I love the days where shit just was so stupid and idiotic and you just got to sit back and relax. And so there was part of me that's like, this is great. But then there's the other part of me that's like, where the hell have you been? And also, Tati, like, why the shit were you posting cryptic ass tweets you know I thought that there was you know something wrong with her family like everybody was worried everyone was like are you okay like what's going on and to find out that it was about this where it's like dude uh this has been run into the ground like these stories like I nobody cares like everybody all sucks like this is just so stupid and Tati like why didn't you just continue on your trajectory like she was doing fine. Like I'm sure emotionally she was having some issues because she indicated in her video that she's like scared for her life. And I don't know anything about that. And so maybe she felt like she had to do this and that's fine. But like at the end of the day, it's just like, dude, all of you are rich and you're going to be just fine. And I just really feel like you should take this offline. Like if you feel like if she's saying that she has lawyers and her lawyers are advising her to say this but not that, then I'm assuming you're gearing up for a lawsuit. And if you're gearing up for a lawsuit, then just go have your lawsuit and continue on with your life. Like it just seems detrimental to her own business to be continuing to engage in this stuff because she's always been that person that's like above it all or so she acts. So it's like, okay, it's been a year. Like, I just don't care. I don't care at all. These cryptic tweets are giving me flashbacks to my middle school years on Facebook where like if I had a bad day or like I wanted someone in particular to reach out to me, I'd post my status like, I had a fine day, dot, 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 could have been better though. And then eagerly waited for someone to comment and be like, what's up? Like what happened? And then I'm like, oh, fine. If I have to tell you, I will. Don't pressure me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Tati definitely gives off those middle school vibes sometimes. Um, and what I do know is it was not okay. What Shane said on his life, like it was not okay no. at all. I don't know what he thought he was achieving um so far you know anything anyone could say is just going to be used against them so like jeffrey glad you're not saying anything i mean not for you but just because it's like can we just stop talking about this uh james came out and was just like yeah i'm not doing a video like for obvious reasons um and then the question remains like what's going to happen next but yeah the stances they're all on the wrong side but also it's like really interesting to talk about um, and it's plays into the bigger conversation of like, 
what do we want to see from YouTubers and influencers? Because they are truly like the next A-listers. Like influencers are breaking that barrier into like A-list celebrity. And, but our relationship with influencers is so vastly different than A-list celebrities. And what does that mean like for the audience? Is it a good thing? Is that like, and how is it going to change over time? And are we gonna keep holding these people up to the highest standards? Um, yeah, I mean, it's gonna be, we should definitely have a conversation about some, some cancellations as well because I would love yes. these thoughts. Yeah, and I think, again, even though I'm not a big YouTube fan and that I, I didn't know a lot of this stuff that had happened, I am super interested in seeing how this all plays out because just because all four of them are involved in this, if all of them kind of decide to take a step back and take a break or somebody does something even worse and then definitely gets canceled even more than they already kind of are, I'm really interested in seeing who will sort of step into that space and who does this make room for? Yeah, I don't think they're going anywhere. Um, but I do think. I mean, I hope to see some sort of shift in the relationship we have, because it's really, I mean, yeah, we're getting into that conversation already, but do we give people a chance um, or, or where do we draw the line? Because yeah. if that's the case, um, the line was drawn uh, in Shane's past and in Jeffrey's past and present. Whereas Tati and James, it's more of like personal growth vibes that they need to be entering into. Like Shane and Jeffrey have this, like they symbolize a lot of negative things that can't be forgiven potentially. Tati and James is more just like, all right, you guys are just like going through it. And like someday you'll be able to like look back and be like, I'm glad that's all over, you know? So maybe there will be sort of a different different story for each of them but right now wow. it stands that i mean shane looks really bad jeffrey looks really bad and james and tati are kind of in limbo interesting audrey all i can say is you have done such a wonderful job with this and i truly feel like i learned so much and if our listeners do not hit you with a like and subscribe after this. I I don't know that we should remain friends with these people. Yeah, so you heard the woman, ladies and gents. Um, and I'm sorry. I know I talked a lot. I hope it was educational. Um, you Emily literally gave a TED Talk. You gave a <laughs> TED Talk. Isn't it so sad that that's what I know? Like, that's what I'm going <laughs> That's your to area. <laughs> That is your area of expertise. Like people are out here being like, so this is how we're going to take over the galaxy. And you're like, so let me tell you all about Jeffree Star and how <laughs> problematic. But that's why we made this podcast, people, because I cannot help myself from being fully invested. And again, I'm just going to say, like, this comes from a genuine fascination with like the human psyche and like the world that we're living in today is so fucking crazy. 2020 is insane. I cannot stop 
thinking about how wild it is that we are living in the space that we are living in. Like it will never cease to intrigue me. Like, I just can't stop thinking about when we're like 45 and being like, oh my God, like 20 years ago was the craziest fucking shit. You're never going to believe it. Like it's, it's just crazy. And it's also inspiring. I mean, I hope that what we're going through is a lot, but it's going to change the trajectory of our lives and like of the next generation's lives. And I know that's like really like a lot to say, but it's true. And oh, I just think it's so cool. So like I said at the beginning of our podcast, you know, when we were talking about our commitment to making sure that we're covering these stories the best way that we can, this, while in, as inconsequential as it seems, actually impacts us in a really profound way. Definitely. Um, and I think it's really cool to like break down. And again, just make sure you're on the right side, not on the wrong side of history. I couldn't have said it better myself, my dude. All right. So with that, we are going to sign off. Thank you so much for listening. And we will see you on the next episode of The Wrong Side. Bye, guys. <laughs>